Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Tuesday, October the 10th. On the show today, IMPD is back with us today. The Public and Media Relations Branch is going to join us uh, to talk more about that role, how it operates, and what the community uh, should expect when they're on the scene. Also, President Joe Biden is set to address the nation anytime now about the war in the Middle East and what the U.S. role will be. Oh, it's a big one. If time allows, we'll try to join live coverage and find out a little bit more about what uh, the president has to say. But first, our regular food and meal distribution with the Indianapolis Urban League got underway this morning. Uh, but only briefly, uh, here to tell us why, uh, with more on that, is our Radio 1 Indianapolis promotions director, David Gray, who was always out there. David, uh, what's, what went on today? I mean, this was, was this unusual today? You know... When when we get closer to the holidays and get closer to the to the fall, um, you see that need go up. And um, so I got over there around 10 and I saw, you know, cars in every direction. And, you know, this is Indianapolis. So you don't know if it's construction, you know, if something's blocked off. Because clearly one day, you know, everything is fine. The next day is blocked off. Um, and so I had to run back to go to a meeting. And by the time I got back to the station, they called me and said, no, shut it down. Um, what shut it down? Yeah. So less than an hour after it got going? I would say this was right before 11 o'clock. So yeah, less than it was an hour. Less than an hour. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever happened before, well, has it? And, you know, it wasn't shut it down because there's no food. Right, it right. was shut it down because there's so many people in line. We want to make sure that we serve the people in line. Right. Um, so people that were heading there, you know, when that happened, mm -hmm. they didn't know, you know, if they were going to be able to serve them because they were already so overwhelmed by the people in line. Wow. Wow. Uh, and we are in this, what October and, you know, marching very, very, very closely to the holidays, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. And um, I, I wouldn't say that the need goes up more, but maybe there's more of an awareness about the fact that there is help for them. I, I don't know. It's just it's just hard to, to figure because if there's a need. It seems like the need would be a need year round. You know, you you would think that. Yeah. Um, and clearly, you know, I said to Dion because I was in the meeting with Dion, I said, you know, we haven't had one of these where it ended so quickly in a minute. Yeah. And, and and trust me, after, after being out there for so long, you know, I can remember weeks where it was 11 o'clock and mm -hmm, everything mm -hmm, was gone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, like, literally everything was gone. Yeah. So, you know, we haven't had one of these in a while. But, you know, I think it's the sign of the times. It's, mm. you know, kind of the season that we're going into. Um, you know, people are getting strapped for cash which you know i i can understand that so you know i think it's the it's the perfect storm i'm sure you know moving to once a month 
mm-hmm. um, at the Urban League does cut down, you know, the number of times. So when you have that opportunity, you see that today, obviously, everybody took mm-hmm. it. Is there and, and and one of the reasons that it went to once a month was so that the Urban League could better prepare uh, for the the standalone food pantry. Is there mm-hmm. any updates you can give us on that? Um, so I've been in there. I know that it is finished. I'm not sure when when officially mm-hmm. they're going to open. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know all the equipment is in there. Most of it is stocked. I just don't know as far as from mm-hmm. their end what their plan is. But yeah. I'm, I'll follow up with them. And, yeah, because the, the idea was to, to create, uh, build um, a standalone food pantry so that there could be a steady um addressing of the need as opposed to just a concentrated once a month. Yeah. Now they would they my understanding was that they would continue with the monthly, but in the interim, so that it wouldn't be like maybe what happened today. Right. Uh in the interim have that food pantry so folks could come and get what they need as they needed it. So um yeah, I it sounds like it'll be I d I don't want to rush or put words in the Urban League's mouth, but it seems like it'll be ready before the end of the year. I, w- I would hope so. Yeah. Like I said, um, the the area is finished. Um, the area's been finished for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, for, a, for a while, you know, the equipment was there, but wasn't plugged in and <laughs> all hooked up. But I can and going. I walked through there today, so it's it's everything's plugged in yeah. and, and ready to go. So I think it's just a matter of when they're going to start. Well, we we are we're glad that the people who were able to get there early were able to get and and just hold tight because it's you know help is coming. So oh yeah, uh, and the next one is so the next one is hold on. Right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is Tuesday, November fourteenth. Oh wow, <laughs> that's what ten days, ten days from Thanksgiving, something. Yeah, like that. yeah. Tuesday, November fourteenth. And you know, just to Wait, just to remind everyone, um, you know, that's for the Urban League, who is a great partner with us that we mm-hmm. do a lot of stuff with. Another great partner with us is Shepherd Community Center. Shepherd Community. I was just about to mention that. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know, if if you are in need of food, if you know somebody that is. Um, Shepherd Community Center on East Washington does a food distribution um, the first and third Friday. So um, there was one last week. The next one is next Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are in need of food before next month, just know next Friday from 3 to 5, you can go to Shepherd Community Center um, and get food there also. And they have been very good about coming on and letting the community know about their outreach as well, Shepherd Community Center. Oh, yeah. Center. They've been really no, good about and, coming on. And, you know, we, we love our community partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we enjoy serving our community. Yeah. Um, if you have... You know, if any of you have had the pleasure of meeting any of us um, Mm -hmm. or coming to any of those, you'll Mm -hmm. see staff out there actually handing out food. You know, we're not just sitting in the truck or sitting behind the Mm -hmm. table. We're actually out there. They're working. Yeah, we're out there working. But, you know, we're doing it because we like serving our community. We really do. Um, And we all realize that. You know, we we all see a lot of ourselves and the people that come mm-hmm. to 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 get help. So you know, wherever we can jump in from from Dion on down. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, like when when the boss boss is out there working, <laughs> it's pretty hard to to not work yourself. It's so. pretty hard not to work yourself. Well, speaking of serving the community, David, you know I'm not gonna let you just leave after one question, right? <laughs> oh, I know. You know. <laughs> Look, especially after the after the week that we had the week last that we've week, had, yeah, yeah, and you know, I, first of all, I want to thank everybody because mm-hmm. especially for for praise, which is not the light of praise. I got 
remember that. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> as I sit here with my right, well, lights look, hoodie and, on, and it's we're, cold and we're in gonna, here. And we're going to change that. Oh, no, yeah. listen, this weather change. Yeah. I don't think anybody was ready for this. No, not this um, one. But, you know, we had Erica Campbell last Thursday doing an amazing concert in the pouring down rain. Um, which Wasn't I know. It it, listen, that it it was a rough day because I saw a bunch of accidents just on the way over uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, to New Direction. But um, Erica Campbell came in with Lamar and Griff and mm-hmm. did an amazing concert Absolutely. with you know songs from the new album, mm-hmm. songs that we all love. That we all know um, that you know before the new album, and then that next morning at the Walker um, with her and Griff doing their show live here in Indianapolis with Lamar mm-hmm. performing, um, Demetrius, Demetrius West, West performing yeah. in the choir. Mm-hmm. Like, it, we had an amazing, Time. amazing Thursday and Friday, mm-hmm. which rolled into the uh, mayoral debate Sunday. Yes, yes. Which, you know, I just want to, I have to, you know, it's amazing when you kind of sit back and, and just take in the stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and David Woods, who's had the TV production, our engineers, Nick and John, making sure that everything looked great and sounded great. And Cam and and our moderators, you know, it, it takes a lot to put something like that on. Um, and just to, to see it come to fruition and see it look mm-hmm. and sound and, and be as good as, as it could be. Um, is is a good feeling. So yeah, yeah, you know, to see everything up and on its feet, you know, out of our heads and off the paper and just up, like it, it was. It was it was amazing. In fact, um, yesterday, uh, I Sky and I reran uh, the debate from Sunday, Sunday's debate. Okay. Um, and for listeners who uh, maybe not would have been able to to be there to to hear and 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 what have you, or to take advantage of it. But anyway, we reran it yesterday uh, for the majority of the show. Um, now you and I were sitting there taking mm-hmm. it all in live, and um, as it unfolded, and I'm curious what uh, you know. We're going to shift to politics now. So, <laughs> what uh, what were your thoughts? What did you think as it all unfolded? So first of all, so everybody understands because you couldn't see Tina and myself. Tina was mm-hmm. sitting to my right mm-hmm. um, at a table taking everything in mm-hmm. off the side of the stage where nobody could see. Mm-hmm. I was the person in charge of running the, oh, the, yeah, timer, the timer, yeah. which I was really, you know, you, you see so many debates and mm-hmm. I've been around this for a long time and the 30 second rebuttal clock never got used. I think oh. it was used one well, time, one time and yeah. it wasn't even a rebuttal. It was just like, we're going to give you 30 seconds, mm-hmm. and it was already set, so I mm-hmm. used that. But that was the one interesting mm-hmm. thing to me. I was like, nobody wants to rebut anything. Mm-hmm. But then again, it really didn't get... It wasn't like it was down and dirty, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and there wasn't a lot of mudslinging and stuff like not that. Not contentious at all. Not no. not what we would think. No. no. Not in terms of... And maybe it's because it's still... I, I don't want to say early, but not as late into the season um, mm-hmm. as it would as as it could be, because there's there's two more uh, televised uh, yeah. debates. Uh, Wish TV and Fox 59 are going to have the televised. We had the streaming, the, the digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have the televised, and so um, I uh, I too was expecting a little more edginess to it. I was, and um, didn't quite see it uh you know maybe toward the end uh, the mayor when he was uh, you know kind of giving his proof of performance uh, uh recitation uh might have been a little but it, it simply was not um I, no. I don't know what what do you make of that i mean honestly the 
if you listen to a lot of that debate, mm-hmm. you realize that both of them have a lot of the policies that are very similar, if not the same. Right. Um, and there's other places that now I'm going to say this from listening to the debate. Right. Mm-hmm. Not going into it because I'm not really mm-hmm. tuned into everything mm-hmm. that's going on. So just strictly from going off the debate, a lot of their policies sounded similar. Um, I think that there was a couple of questions where the question didn't really get answered. Mm. Um, oh, there were more than one. Yeah, there, there was, was more than one. There was a that few happened. cases where you know there was definitely a redirect um, to a different situation, especially mm. when it came to public safety. Yeah. Um, you and, know. and I think that's where the bulk of the time was spent. If if I'm not mistaken, we you know there was a lot of time, almost I mean, thirty minutes on but, public but safety. But you know what? That is the number one. Yeah. The number one thought. In voters' minds, right, is public safety, mm-hmm. especially in Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, just because of the amount of guns that are out here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of people that that f- their first thought is to use that gun, right? Um, that's the stuff that they need to get under control. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that. You know, there there's very few people that would disagree with that. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a reason why they spent so much time on public safety, because that's the number one issue in voters minds. Yeah. Um, So, you know, but again, there were a few questions that did not get answered. Um, And, you know, but at the end of the day, it it was pretty much what I expected. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You have a mayor who. Right now is seven years in, mm-hmm. which is seven years of dealing with media, seven mm-hmm. years of mm-hmm. being on camera, seven mm-hmm. years of, of all that, seven. right? Yeah. And you have another person <laughs> who served on in various forms of councils and things like that um, being put in front of a camera mm-hmm. and, asked, and asked to react as mm-hmm. if they mm-hmm. had the same type of training. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me looking, they, it was little things like looking at the camera. Mm-hmm. And doing that. Okay. But that's stuff that, you know, if you're not aware, if you're not thinking about it, you don't know. Yeah. That's also the type of stuff I look for, being mm-hmm. a communications major right. and politics right. and all that. So, um, but again, there were very few real, real, you know, left and right differences mm-hmm. with what they have. And a lot of it was, you know, the mayor's been here, it ain't nothing happened. <laughs> Yeah. And so Well that's that's to be expected yeah, with an incumbent and, and, and a challenge. I'm gonna give you my idea and yeah. my mm-hmm. idea is pretty same much as the same mayor's. thing. <laughs> but you know, yeah. I haven't had a chance. So uh, give me yeah, a chance. Give me a chance. And and I'm an alternative. Yeah. yeah, I'm an alternative. You know, the the one thing that I will say that made me kind of sit up a little and, and kind of turn my head. I was like, really, what is their explanation for this was uh, because a close second to public safety is is education, at least mm-hmm. at least from um, my experience on this show. I mean, people are passionate oh, yeah. uh, beyond belief about the educational system, IPS, public schools and charters. Yeah, especially charters and especially the call for um, a moratorium on charter schools. I believe there are over 100 charter schools in the entire state. More than half, more than 60 are here in Indianapolis, right here in uh, almost in, in, you know, just right here in Indianapolis, Mm -hmm. in Marion County uh, or, or Indiana, if you will. 
63. Anyway, um, I, I say that to say, you know, of the 100 charter schools in the state of Indiana, uh, uh, six, more than half are right here uh, around us. Yeah. I was really surprised, especially with one closing the middle of this month, um, another uh, that uh, set to close by the end of this year, mm-hmm. um, and um, the, the 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 recent failures of the one that that over Christmas break, the the one that closed. It's just heartbreaking stories that you hear. I was really surprised that neither of them felt the need to put the brakes on, re-examine, recalibrate, or do whatever. They felt like everything should keep going. And I, you know, again, based on what I'm hearing from the public that calls this show, I thought that that was a little bit out of touch in terms of let's keep going as opposed to, you know what, let me take a look. Or or I think we should see. Now, you don't have to go all the way to say I'm going to call for a moratorium. But maybe to say I want to look, or I want to see what all of the fuss is about, and neither one of them went down that path, which was kind of surprising to me because I thought that they both may have been a little more tuned into that than than they seem to be. So, okay, <laughs> couple of things. Mm-hmm. So I, I I've had this conversation. Dion and I had a conversation, mm-hmm. um, as Dion does, yeah. And it might have. Yeah. I think we met with. We might have had a meeting with somebody, uh-huh. and you know, I'm I'm a I'm I'm very much a proponent for public school, right? Mm-hmm. But I have to pre- preface that by saying that I myself never attended a public school until mm-hmm. I went to Southern University, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's also disingenuous for me to not be behind alternate forms of education, right? I was fortunate enough to where I went to. Uh, it was originally a Catholic mm-hmm. grade school. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was the Sacred Heart of Mary mm-hmm. uh, Nun. I forgot what they call it. But that's what it was. <laughs> it um, in my high school, I went to a Jesuit high school, which is clearly mm-hmm. Catholic. Neither one of them were public, very much private schools. But they weren't charters. They, You're right. They weren't charters. Um, but so I can't say that, you know, I, again, I can't be as much of a proponent mm-hmm. for public school now. I do believe that we need to have a very strong public education system. Absolutely. No society is going to last without Mm -hmm. a very strong public education system. Right. Mm -hmm. But and I understand the need for charter schools. Mm -hmm. But let's let's rewind and talk about where charter school, where this charter school idea originated from. Right. Mm -hmm. So Betsy DeVos, who was the secretary of education. Right. Mm-hmm. The DeVos family, aside from being the family that owns Amway, that if people don't know that the DeVos's is the Amway family, that's is who Amway owns Amway. Oh, oh, very much so. People I have a friend that sells Amway. Amway. Oh, my and I had to explain to her that, you know, you understand this is DeVos's. Mind you, they're all from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Very highly conservative. Um, I guess you kind of say that's the Bible Belt mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They're the families behind charter schools. And essentially, the idea of charter schools is making is for profit education. Right. Because what happens is the state allocates funds based on the number of students you have at the school. Right. Regardless if it's a charter school, it's a public school. So 
by making these for-profit schools, right, because essentially they're making money, the, the owners of the school are making money off of the students that go there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when that happens, you have, and I'm not saying that all owners of charter schools or all founders of charter schools are this way, right? But you have bad actors that come in and see these kids as a paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. And they see this paycheck and they say, okay, well, this is this is how I can make some money. I'm going to open up this school. I'm going to do this, right? And what happens is you have so many schools that pop up that it basically spreads all the students around, right? Mm -hmm. Because essentially there's only one pot of students. Mm -hmm. So the more schools that pop up, the more students get spread around and get taken out of other schools, which the schools that are there to do good and that are there to really help students achieve and to really put them in in position to go forward in life and, and get higher education, they're suffering because money that they could be getting is being sucked away by a school that might only have 25 students Mm -hmm. right because those 25 students added into that could help boost that education so i do believe that there needs to be some type of evaluation of these schools that's all i'm saying and the education right Mm -hmm. and trust me there are definitely i know schools here in indianapolis mm-hmm. that are charter schools that offer amazing programs and well. amazing experiences that you wouldn't get you know going to an ips mm-hmm. school or going here and at the same way there's ips schools that do amazing things that some charter schools can't offer right yeah. so what they need to do honestly and this is just my opinion mm-hmm. is just take a look and i agree it doesn't maybe not a moratorium set up a committee right an education mm-hmm. committee to go around and analyze these schools and see where these failures are because at the end of the day the the winners and losers are the kids yeah right yeah. those are the winners and losers and trust me and i hear it now you know there's there's comprehension issues with kids right it's mm-hmm. oh my kid can read but your kid doesn't understand what they're reading mm-mm, right mm-mm, your kid can't process that right and all that's going to do is 10 15 years from now leave us with a group of of adults at that point right that don't understand and don't comprehend it's going to take us back mm-hmm. so we all have to remember that the number one priority in all this are the kids, right? And what's best for the kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I, I think we're politicians, though, David. And this this is uh, the other thing is like, I, I think both Shreve and Hawk said I'm equally mm-hmm. missed the point of the question that Oshia and Cameron asked. And the point being you know a moratorium is just that let's stop and take a look uh and the the energy behind that is let's stop and take a look they both responded in the sense that well school choice they believe in school choice believe in school school choice has always been there for parents dating back to 19 nothing when i was in school because you can choose to send your child to public school or you can choose to send your child to private parochial what however but where charters come in is using public dollars for what I, I guess is described as something along the you know the caliber of a private school education, and that's fine. Except that pub, if if charters are being established at the expense 
of the public schools. Then there is the problem. Charter schools, not only are they being established, what a lot of people would say, at the expense of the public schools, but there is no accountability. Uh, there is no accessibility. A lot of these charters um, are run by uh, board members that have nothing to do with Indianapolis. And I, I can name four right now that have the major I think they have one board member from the one, two, three. Yeah, the three of them have one board member and another one has two board members. The rest are out of state which which pre presents a problem. So what I'm saying is all of that everything that you described was perfect, was beautiful. And and everything that they're talking about as far as school choice, but it goes deeper than school choice and and the question I think the follow-up question uh that maybe Oshia or or Cameron, I can't remember who asked, but what 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 is your office what would you use your office for? And the, the I guess the end around or the get around was, well, we don't authorize all charter schools. We are, you know, we are in a position to authorize some. But the ones that you are in a position to, what can you do to at least address the concerns and the, and the fears um, of a lot of these parents who, you know, uh, you know, went to public, public, you know, want public education to thrive because that is our future. Public education. I went to public school. Oh no. Uh, you know. Uh, I mean, I listen. I and again, I'm not. I the first thing I said was, I we definitely need a strong public education. My yeah. mother is but a graduate of Cass Tech High School in Detroit, mm -hmm. which yeah. is a public school. I have tons of friends that mm -hmm. went to Cas Tech, King. Well, my, my uh, kids did a hybrid. My kid, yeah. I, I sent my kids to public uh, public school, and I sent them to uh, Catholic school as well. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I did both. I'm not saying that, and and I, you know, that was that was a choice, and, and I'm not saying anything against school choice, but I am, but I still pay my taxes to you know to to yeah. the school system, and what, and I don't object to that at all. I I'm firmly in, in favor of that because my kids did go to public school for a number of years. But the thing of it is, this 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 template, this formula, this uh, whatever it is, it, it it I think in a lot of ways, David, it's it needs to be repaired, uh, retooled, or what have you, because it's there's a certain level. It's out of balance. Let me put it that way. No, from it, everything I understand about all of it, it's 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 out of balance. And you said it very well the kids are the ones that are on the receiving end of that mm -hmm. balance so i'm just surprised that neither candidate said let's look at it it's being you know people are complaining that it's out of balance let's take a look and see what we can do Listen. to to take care of what we have control over so this <laughs> this is what i'm going to say the the debate on sunday was played very safe mm-hmm so well, yeah, yeah. nothing was going to be said that really moved, moved, moved the needle, needle mm -mm. or, you know, mm -hmm. made any headlines mm -hmm. or got any gotchas or any of that. So mm -hmm. I fully expected there was going to be a lot of tap dancing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the best that's the best way I could describe it. You know, um, we all have our ideas and our opinions and I really didn't expect them to take a hard line either way on yeah. it because they know taking a hard line either way is going to alienate somebody. 
and that was let me just get through this hour yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we're, we're gonna walk shake hands and walk out the door walk out the door shook hands before and shake hands and walk out the door later but yeah so but all in all good and and i i think overall it was great for the community to be able to see what they saw and to hear what they heard uh because um one of the after the debate, one of the, I, I talked to some likely voters, and um, one of the panelists uh, was saying that she had already made up her mind. Um, I probably should have asked the others, "Have you made up your mind who you're voting for?" Maybe the next panel I'll do that. I don't know, but um, she had already made up her mind about what she's going to do. Um, maybe the other three had not made up their mind. They didn't weigh in on that. But mm. like you said, it's all is is it. By now, let's see, we're a month out. Mm -hmm. We're less than a month away. Because what's today? The 10th, the election day is on the 7th. Yep. By now, is it your opinion that most people have made up their minds? I think most people have. Uh, again, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure most people that made up have their mind made up. If there was somebody who didn't have their mind made up on Sunday at 3 o'clock, do I think their mind was made up or their mind was changed at Sunday at 6 o'clock? No. I don't. No. So, you know, That's I think good. that the people that knew, that know they're going to vote for Shreve are still going to vote for Shreve. I think the people that know they're going to vote for the mayor are still going to vote for the mayor. I don't mm -hmm. think anything either one of them said would have swayed somebody in the opposite direction. I don't think anything either one of them said would have swayed them against them. You know what I mean? It was, yeah, yeah, it was played very done. safe. Yeah, definitely done. Definitely done. That. Which, so, and, and, you know, the other thing about debates, and you've been around them a long time, they, they cover different areas. Oh, no, they definitely do. So our, the, our topics, the range of, of questioning that we had solicited or, you know, this response. The next one, we'll see what, you know, what kind of responses we get from that one. And then the one after that, we'll see what kind of responses. You know, I think that... A lot of it is going to be based on the questions that are asked. Yeah, yeah. And how the questions are asked. Exactly. Um, and, you know, not saying definitely not anything to, to, to Cameron, um, but the question, our questions were great, right? Mm -hmm. But they also found ways to play the answers very safe on the questions mm -hmm. where it wasn't going to be a safe answer. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that when you're in front of TV cameras, mm -hmm. right, it gets a little bit different. Um, and, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. And the closer to Election Day also, mm -hmm. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I think that they played our debate to say this is this is what my platform is mm -hmm. right this is this is me to see what the reaction is and when they see if it's moved the needle then you might start seeing a yeah. little more aggressiveness well, is well, what i'll say well, well mind you now and again african-american coalition radio one mm -hmm. indianapolis recorder this debate was centered um around issues of importance to the african-american community and let's face it uh, as far as education is concerned um uh, a large majority of African-American students are in private schools and a large majority of African-American mm -hmm. students are in public schools. Well, and I was going to say, you know, it, it was centered it was centered around um, ideas and issues that African-Americans um, feel mm -hmm. heavily about. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But a lot of those issues aren't just 
black issues. No, they're right? not. No. Public safety is not just a black it's issue. Not just a because black. I can tell you, I get the alerts. People <laughs> people are getting shot on the east side. People are North, getting shot on the west, west side, on the south side. On, it, it, that's happening everywhere, everywhere. right? Um, education is an issue everywhere. Because like you said, there are black students that go, I know black black cathedral alumni i have one of my promotions assistants is a black cathedral alumni mm-hmm. one, my old promotions coordinator is a black cathedral alumni samson is a black cathedral mm-hmm. alumni you know mm-hmm. so i you know the same way in detroit at my high school we had a lot of black students but just to give you an idea right we had a lot of black students so my grade school there were out of 33 kids there were seven of us Mm-hmm. Literally, seven of us. It was. Wow, that's, that's more than one. It was. <laughs> there, was it me. was me, my friend Ian, my friend Dave Hall, my friend Chris Clinton, and then mm-hmm. Sophia, Kim, and. Isn't that a Jackie. shame you can name? Oh, yeah. And say, no, eight of us. Sarah. Eight. Sarah Lewis. Myself, Dave Hall, Ian, and Chris Clinton all went to UD Jesuit. Kim, Jackie, and Sarah Lewis all went to Mercy, which was mm-hmm. the all-girls Catholic school. So seven out of the eight of us all ended up connected even after grade school. Mm-hmm. My high school had 187 students, right, in my class. Mm-hmm. There was about 40 of us that were black, right? But I also had Arabic classmates. I had Asian classmates. I had, you know, we, we ran the gambit. But understand, even in the city of Detroit, which is 87% black, out of 180 saying, students, yeah. it was only 40 of us, yeah. right? But we were more represented there, right? Yeah. So, you know, understand that the same way there are white students in Detroit public schools. You know, if you go to Cass Tech, it's a multicultural school. If you go to Western yeah. International, which is in southwest Detroit, which is a heavily Hispanic area, mm-hmm. you have a basically a high school. You have a Spanish immersion high school because most of the students there speak Spanish. Speak Spanish, yeah. You know, so we have all those things in public school. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, here in Indianapolis, I know there's fabulous public schools. Mm-hmm. Tony Lamont is, you know— to, for Arsenal Tech to have Tony Lamont as one of their teachers, and you know, mm-hmm. I talk to Tony all the time. You're talking about a, a legend, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to teach media arts and stuff like that, you're literally learning from the best of mm-hmm. the cream of the crop. His heart is there. His heart is so there oh, with those kids. Listen, just, that's all. You know, whenever you talk to Tony, that's all he talks about oh, is yeah. his kids. Over, he loves it. Tony, you love, I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. So he, he's he's really, uh, you know, being true to his his calling, and and God bless him because that's a oh, that's yes. a toughie. That's oh, yeah, tough. it couldn't be me. But, but David, I, I, I got to give it my high school graduating class. It was a public school, small, small town, but a public school. 300, three of us, my mm-hmm. cousin, me, and um, a young lady. No, four, four, four. I take it back. My cousin, me, um, a young lady whose uh, family moved there because their, their dad was a preacher, and another young lady who moved there because her mom married somebody from, uh, from Madison. And so that military type of thing. Four. Through, from kindergarten through 12th grade, one. Yeah. Me. Um, that was not. <laughs> so when, you know, and, and I've heard my, my, my child, my young. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love 
hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Adults now, and I don't call them kids. My young adults, when they used to... Um uh, talk about we need more diversity in this school or you know and it didn't matter what school they were in you mm. know from the public school to the catholic school that they graduated from there we just we just need more diversity i said i don't want to hear it <laughs> you all you all don't know how to spell yeah, the word diversity, diversity. <laughs> there were no asians there were no hispanics mm. there were it was just usins i mean and so um I, I even but even with that 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 lopsided number, mm-hmm. what you said still rings true, that these issues are not just no, you know. So even with that extreme uh, d- demographic that I just explained to you that I I lived through and 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 was educated through, even with that, there's still certain things that are just universal. Oh no, definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely. And you know, I think that, you know. Us being African-Americans, I mm-hmm. think that there are a lot of issues that mm-hmm. are near and dear to us. Um, we've endured mm-hmm. generational, you know, things mm-hmm. that are clearly still affecting us to this day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think that sometimes we do ourselves an injustice of thinking that these things that we're so passionate about are only, are only ours. Yeah, right. And, and that a lot of these things are you know, universal ideas that, yeah, we care a lot about them. And and honestly, the only way you're going to get change is by making a coalition and bringing all people together. Right. Um, You know, there's a saying that I I love and I use all the time. Nothing brings people together closer than a common enemy. Mm. Civil rights movement. And and it's it's the truth. You know, me and you can hate each other, but if we hate Sky even more, Mm. and I hate to do that, Sky, we don't hate you. (laughs) But if we hate Sky even more, we'll team up just to to get Sky out of there. Yeah. That's just the way the world works. It is. I promise you, Sky, we're not going to get together and get you out there. We wouldn't do that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, David, thank you so, so very much. It's been a while since you've been in here with us. It has. It has. Look, we've been I was going to say it's testament to everything that the stations of Radio One Indianapolis are doing, and we got a lot coming up. David, I, I, what you can remember, uh, you want to share with our listeners what you what you can remember. Oh goodness! <laughs> I know, I know, uh, I know. You know what? Hold on. This is what I'm going to do. Okay. I, I have a calendar, so I'm going to pull out my calendar. Okay. And I'm going to go by that because I'll mess something up. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you this Friday, um, we are. 
getting towards the end of Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know, Hispanic Heritage Month goes from September 15th to October 15th. So we're getting to the end of Hispanic Heritage Month. And so this Friday at the Idol Jord, we're doing our Hispanic Heritage Month honoree reception mm. um, with the the people that we've been honoring on Telemundo and La Grande. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we'll be there and we'll have a reception. Um, and that will be absolutely amazing. I've been around the Idol Jorg and through I think that this past couple weeks I've, I've made my way into these museums that yeah. I haven't been in um, so you know we yeah. I went to the Idol Jorg that's absolutely amazing um also, and I'm going to try not to butcher this because French was clearly my first language. I took a semester of Spanish. Um, but we're going to be doing uh, Dia, Dia de, de los, los Muertos at um, the Isle Drawer, which if you haven't been or seen mm -hmm. that, I, I we were doing Yappy Hour a couple years ago on Halloween, and it was the same night, the same day they were doing that. Yeah, and it was just absolutely amazing. Yeah, just it, it translates to Day of the Dead, El Dia de los Muertos. Mm -hmm. It translates as Day of the Dead, and... Um, it is always around Halloween, but there's nothing spooky about it. Quite the opposite. It's a salute yes. and a celebration of those who have gone on before us mm -hmm. uh, that we pay homage to. And so um, a lot of the... Um, there are these visual 3D, uh, what do you call them? Uh, uh, altars. Altars, yes. Mm -hmm. Altars that, that are created that show and tell the lives a lot of times mm -hmm. of, the, of the people that are just absolutely fascinating. Uh, and so that is a, that's a huge, um, you know, a huge observance uh, during uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. But, I mean, it just happens anyway. Yeah. And uh, those altars that, that I, you know, I, I went through, I, I can't remember i think it might have been the indianapolis art center somewhere and they had el dia de los muertes uh day of the dead mm -hmm. uh the child uh, not the children's museum there's another museum that has had some really nice beautiful altars so now some of them are a little off you know a little bit off key but then the personality may have been a little bit off key mm -hmm. with some but if you've never seen that you you should you should learn about it and and take in a little bit more it's, it's very enlightening and actually um it'll be the opening the aisle drawer for dia de los muertos mm -hmm. again don't don't I'm <laughs> this is good it's good. Um, it's good they they have a special um exhibit from a Hispanic artist mm -hmm. where they are altars that were made for each state um, in the U.S. and to honor those that passed away from COVID. Mm -hmm. um, so that will be opening, I believe, this weekend or starting on Monday. Um, but yeah, we get a, they'll get a sneak preview of that and, and get to see all that. It's actually really an amazing thing. Dia de los Muertos. Yep. Um, we also have the Mutstrut. Which I'm all for. Oh, really? Any, yeah, we'll be at Mutt Strut um, this weekend. Humane Society for the. Yeah. We do it all. Oh, we, <laughs> we do. We do it all. Um, the Mutt Strut. Again, next Friday. Is there, that's, that's their signature fundraiser, is it not? Yeah. You take your dog and walk. Are they still around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Uh, no, White River. White River. It's going to okay. be a celebration plaza celebration in White River. Plaza. Okay. I'm, I'm upset that I'm not going to be here because uh, I have to go out of town because I'm totally. A, I'm all for playing with other people's dogs. Do you have a dog? It. You know, I had a dog. My dog passed away last year. Aww, she sorry. was 17. I tell oh, everybody, wow. she was 17. My dog lived a very pampered life. My dog slept <laughs> in the bed with her head on the pillow. Trust oh. me. And, you know, it, it, we held on as long as we could. Yeah. But as, as anything, 
I don't think she should have even made it 17. 17 is like 140 what kind, something. What kind of brick? She's a she was a Kylie Lab mix. So she oh, looked yeah, like a little lab. Oh yeah, don't live that way. Yeah, so trust me, 17 years is like 150 years mm-hmm, in people mm-hmm, years. So, mm-hmm. you know. And I want another dog. I'm doing too much running around to have mm-hmm. one. But again, I'm all for playing. I bring your puppies to me. <laughs> I will, play if you want me to dog sit, <laughs> I'll play with them, send them home. I'll walk them and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for the puppies. Uh-huh. Um, so, again, next Friday is Shepherd. Next Saturday um, we're, is Dia de los Muertos at mm-hmm. the Isle Jord. Um, and then, yeah. And then we kind of, you know, we have the, the tailgates. Um, for the Colts, Colts games. games, so there is no. That's one of your favorites, the tailgates, right? Yeah. You like those, yeah. Oh no, you know what? It's a good time. So last week, so not this past Sunday, the Sunday before, mm-hmm. um, the first was the Hispanic Heritage Month game, and so we had uh, Spanish dancers, we had a mariachi mm-hmm. out there. So it's always a good time on Georgia Street. So if you're going to the game, um, if you're downtown, again, not they don't have a, a home game this week. Next Sunday and the following Sunday are the two last tailgates. Make sure you stop by. Um, there's tons of activities for kids. Wow. Um, Ready Rock from hot is out there DJing so you know it's always a good time so make sure you stop by and say hi on the way to the game because we're out there from 10 to 1 location so we're on Georgia Street right um, is that Illinois between Illinois and the uh, convention center so that that block of Georgia Street yes. right in front of the convention okay. center. Yeah, it's just it's the it's I'm telling you, people come and walk through and they end up staying and playing Jenga or doing the football toss and you know it's a good time just out there. It's a good time. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So David, um, catch your breath and uh, <laughs> because we also have uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. We'll get oh, into yeah. that later. We'll get into that later. So, but it's coming. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Try, listen, just know there there will definitely be some announcements. The one thing I think is safe to say is Circle of Lights mm-hmm. down at the at the monument. We were there every year, so mm-hmm. I can safely say that. But just know there are definitely there's some things coming back this year that that weren't here last year. Oh, so just know we're mystery. yeah we're gonna we we have some things going on. Okay, all righty. Well, thank you very much, David Gray, Radio One Indianapolis Promotions Director, the busiest man on the planet. You got me. You're talking like Dion. We've been here a long time. Oh, Dion never stays a long time. Well, sometimes he does. No, he stays a long time, and then usually he drops something, and then, and then he then takes runs off. Out the yeah, door. and it takes off. That's true. That's true. Well, hey, you haven't been here for a while, so you know we need to stretch out a little. Have you in? Uh, but we got a lot more. We're going to try to catch. Uh, the president was supposed to be speaking at one o'clock. One o'clock about the war uh, in in uh, uh, Israel, the, the the Middle East. That that has been. I, I I described it to a friend of mine as a bloody bottomless pit of of just. You know, conflict forever. I mean, it just I don't I don't know what the so pro- what the solutions are. There there just don't this, seem to be. This is what this is what it is, right? Okay. You have so imagine two neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. And they put up a fence. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And one neighbor is like, well, your fence, I, mm-hmm. I, my property line goes three three mm-hmm. feet your way. Mm-hmm. And the guy who puts up the fence is like, no, my property line really goes three feet your way. Yeah. That's really what the art, the, this fight over hundreds and thousands of years has been over. Well, I, I, I think it's more than property, though, I, I because I, I believe there is the, the uh, other issue of the Palestinians just right to exist. 
Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's more than land. No, 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 yeah. no, no. But it. But so, I, fundamentally, but, but, I see but, what you're saying. It, yeah. it, but essentially, it all goes back to that, right? Yeah. Because well, you have you have Muslims that say this, 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 is land, this is land, our holy land, and you have Jews that say this is our holy land. Somebody, and it's the holy yeah. land. Everybody now. The. Uh, again, yeah. I went to Catholic school okay. almost my whole life. Um, <laughs> And one thing that I truly believe, and I think that a lot of people don't take this into account, right? That, you know, there are a lot more similarities between us mm-hmm. than there are differences, differences yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you hear a Muslim say Allah, right? Or you hear a Jewish person say Yahweh, yeah. right? They're all referencing the same being, essentially. They just have a different name. Just like my name is David in English. In Hebrew, my name is Daoud. You know what I mean? So just because they say Allah, Allah is just mm-hmm. the Arabic word for God, mm-hmm. the same way that we say God, right, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think that's what people forget. And, and a lot of that is, but essentially, you know. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The, the Arabic people say this is our holy land. The Jews say this is our holy land. And really, it's both of their holy lands. Yeah, it's it's just so ironic. The holiest place on the planet. Yeah. Historically, the holiest place on the planet, the site of so much death and destruction. Well, I mean, listen, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get into and I don't I know I'm on I'm on light. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm on praise. And I don't want any pastors. Or anybody no, no, no. And I, we're, we're not me. saying but, I'm just saying the irony of it all. It's, th- this is what's real ironic. Right. Mm-hmm. Essentially. The Jewish faith was the start of everything, right? Because Catholics, Christians all come from the Jews, right? The Arabic faith came from Abraham, right? Right. Because remember, Abraham okay. Abraham couldn't have kids. Oh, Abraham theology, got with, with Hagar, <laughs> okay, his, yeah. his maid, Hagar, his had, had, yeah. a, had a child, right? Hagar, and then his wife was able sick. to have children and banished them away. Yeah. The child that he had is the prophet Muhammad. That was the that was the child. So they're all connected, yeah, right? Yeah. They're all connected. And we're so busy saying you don't believe what I believe and I don't believe what you believe. Well really, essentially we all believe the same thing. But the the Israelis have the power, right? So if mm-hmm. you have the power, you're gonna do everything you can. Imagine if you had a neighbor that you didn't like. 
right? Mm-hmm. You're going to do everything to make that neighbor's life hell. You're going to take the speakers and put them on the wall and turn the music up all the way. Like, you're going to do everything to make them just not want to be there. And that's essentially what they've done. They've done everything they can not to want to be there. And then when they get mad and do something about it, then it's like, oh, you're attacking us. Yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a mess. And it's oh, been there a mess for thousands yeah. and thousands of yeah. years. And it's not going to clear up now. No. It's no. just not. Not so, today. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, we'll see. David, thank you. And we will have you back uh, shortly. We, we, we hope shortly. <laughs> Very soon. Come back anytime. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Just uh, wanted to thank our promotions uh, director for Radio 1 Indianapolis, David Gray, uh, sitting in with us. Uh, interesting, uh, you know, revelation David shared. Uh, uh, the food and meal distribution this morning at the Urban League, uh, wow, uh, in less than an hour uh, was done. I don't think that's ever happened. If it has, it hasn't happened in recent uh, history. So there uh, clearly is, um, we're gathering uh, more and more of an expressed need uh, for uh, that food and meal distribution that we have every week. So, um, yeah, be well, it started at 10. Um, they started, um, you know, cutting off the line a little bit before 11 because they had had all that they were going to be able to serve. And uh, to give you kind of a baseline, uh, every week there is always at least, at least enough for 500 families. So that gives you an idea of how many people were there and, uh, and how many people crowded that area in less than an hour. Generally, uh, when David comes in, meh, uh, you know, they will be wrapping things up between, I, I don't know, around noonish. you know, noon. Uh, it's always well before uh, the show starts. It's always well before the show starts. But... Um, uh, normally, uh, not that quickly. So, um, as always, like David said, we're happy to serve the community. We're happy to be able to help. Uh, and, you know, we're happy that we were able to serve the 500 who were there. Uh, apologies to those who did not make it in. But again, um, as David and I talked about, um, there is going to be, uh, it's almost ready, a standalone a uh, food pantry uh, at the Indianapolis Urban League that's three-fourths, maybe 95% of the way uh, done, <clears throat> as David was saying. So um, that will probably help alleviate uh, some of the crowding on just certain days, the once a month, the once monthly giveaway. So when that pantry opens, as well as the Shepherd Center, uh, which has their food and meal uh, distributions um, on the regular uh, as well. So uh, we will certainly... Uh, keep you updated and posted on that. Um, <clears throat> a couple of other things um, that I wanted to share with you. A reminder, uh, David and I were talking about the debate and voter um, participation and, you know, just, just what was going on as far as elections are concerned. Just wanted to give you a reminder that if you are not registered to vote, you have until the end of the business day today to do it in person or until 11.59 tonight to do it online. Again, if you are not registered to vote, 
please, you have until the end of the business day today to do it in person uh, and until 11.59 tonight to do it online. And even if you, uh, even if you are registered or you think you are, this is a good time now. Uh, to check your voter registration. Check it. Make sure everything is in order. Make sure that your address is correct. Make sure that your name is correct. Make sure all of that information that you're going to need to cast your vote on November 7th is correct. If you have moved or if you need to update your registration, you may not need to register, but if anything has changed from the last election to now, from the last time you voted until now, go in today and update your voter registration. Because if it's not updated uh, today, uh, which is the same as registering to vote, you won't be able to vote uh, in the election on November 7th. Again, those of you who want to vote in the upcoming municipal elections, November 7th, and we had both of the mayors on, uh, both of the mayoral candidates, not both mayors, one mayor, one mayoral candidate, uh, Joe Hoxett and Jefferson Shree, we had them on Sunday. Uh, you have until today to get that registration either done, updated, completed, uh, what have you. Now, all you need to register, if you've never registered to vote, let's say, for instance, you're, you've already updated your voter registration, you're straight. Uh, if you've never registered, let's talk to those folks first. If you've never registered and you need to register to vote in the state of Indiana, um, all you have to have is an Indiana driver's license or Indiana state identification card, a state-issued identification card or or an Indiana driver's license. If you have both, fine. You don't need both. You just need one or the other. Uh, you have to be at least 18 years old on the date of the election, which is, again, November 7th. So if you're not 18 right now, but you will be 18 by November 7th, you can still register to vote. You just have to be at least 18 years old on the date of the election, which is November 7th, and have lived at your current address at least 30 days before uh, the election. Uh, to find out where you can register to vote in person, go to vote.indy.gov or call the Indiana Election Board, 317-327-1500. To register online, go to indianavoters.in.gov. Again, that's up to 1159 this evening online. We'll tell you more about that a little later. And we also have all of this information on our website, praiseindy.com. We're going to take a quick commercial break. I IMPD is with us after this. We'll be right back. WTLC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And welcome back to Community Connection again. Today, if you're not registered to vote or have not yet updated your voter registration, you have uh, just a couple of hours to get it done in the state of Indiana. And that's where we are. So please make sure uh, that your voter registration is either updated or if you have not yet registered to vote, please, please make sure you do so. Uh, you can go to vote.indy.gov and indianavoters.in.gov. Uh, the number to the Indiana Election Board uh, during regular business hours are going to be closing shortly. 317-327-1500. Again, Indiana Election Board, 317-327-1500. Um, and I'll remind you again before we go off the air, if we have time, I think I will. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Anyway, um, as we were saying earlier, the Public Information Office for the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department uh, has always played a crucial role in the community. They are the informational bridge between the department, the media, and the community. But how exactly does that office work? How does everything work? Who's in charge? Who decides what gets released and what does not and who decides when. Uh, here now with answers to those questions and more are Lieutenant Shane Foley. He is the IMPD Public Affairs Media Relations Supervisor and Alexa Boylan, uh, IMPD Chief Communications Officer. So, uh, Lieutenant Foley and Alexa, welcome back. Glad to have you both with us, with us today. How are you doing? Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Alexa, are you there? I am here as well, Tina. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. We really do. So um, I, I appreciate you being here. Um, so when, when we talk about IMPD media relations and we see that uh, that lower third, if, if you know, uh, there's an officer or uh, someone talking and you see IMPD PIO, for people who may not know what the what the what the title means, can you explain that and then explain exactly what it is that your office does? Sure. So a PIO is a public information officer, and it's a sworn member of our, of our agency who is tasked with speaking on behalf of the, the agency on critical incidents, on everyday incidents. We speak and engage with the media and the public on a daily basis regarding everything from officer-involved shootings to everyday incidents of the great work that our officers are doing, arrests that are being made, community engagement. We just got back from the downtown community day. So we were out there uh, at that and engaging with members of our, of our community there. Yeah. So when we're talking about uh, critical incidents, shooting, fire, you know, you name it, um, how soon is a PIO dispatched to that? Uh, is there a time frame within that the department likes to work as far as making sure that you get the information out there as soon as possible? Is there a time frame? Yes, it really depends on the, on the incident and how quickly we're notified. Obviously, if we're working and we're listening to it, we can respond more quickly with information. If we're not working but we're on call and we get that information, uh, you know, our goal is to get, particularly on critical incidents, is to get that information out as soon as possible. But yeah. it's also incredibly important that we're accurate. Mm -hmm. we, it, we cannot put out information that's, that's not accurate and then try to step that back because then we just lose credibility. Yeah. For And that's particularly for, like, officer-involved shootings, for active shooter-type incidents. And we train for these. Uh, we review incidents from other agencies, from other cities across the country, and evaluate how they performed and then look at how we would do that if something like that were to happen in our city. 
for shootings and uh, don't involve officers. Uh, we notify the media uh, within 15 minutes of, of our office being notified of those incidents, and then they determine if that's something that's worthy of going on their mm-hmm. news stations or whatnot. So where does the information flow from to the PIO? Where do they get it from the detectives? Do they get it? Do they decide what? I mean, where? How does all that work? Yeah, it depends on the incident. So let's say say an officer involved shooting or an active shooter. We're going to communicate directly with the supervisors who are on scene of that incident and communicate what we know as soon as possible to the to the public. Now, oftentimes people think of the PIO office as working with the media, and we prefer to look look ourselves as an entity that works directly and communicates directly to the public with the media being one avenue of relaying that information. Uh, so we want to we use Twitter and Facebook and other social media platforms to get that information out to the public and then the media oftentimes just pulls it from from those platforms. Um, now if it's a and longer once we get there and we get the initial information out, we work with the detectives to determine what information can be released. You know, and it's a balancing act because we want to be as transparent as we can with the community at the same time. As an agency, we have a responsibility to ensure that justice is done for the victims of various incidents and that we are conducting thorough investigations. And part of that sometimes includes not releasing information that maybe detectives have, because in order to do the complete investigation, if you tell everybody what you know, then uh, you you need to hold some of that back as 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 investigators. Yeah. Um, so, does, does the PIO ever? Well, you say tell it. You don't tell everything that you know, but in the interest of transparency. So, how do you balance that with the community in terms of, uh, I, I guess, uh, keeping uh, the community's trust in terms of of transparency? Well, that's a good question, and uh, we do our best, mm-hmm. and we're still figuring out, I, I would say, and I think departments across the country are still yeah. figuring it out. Where's right? the balance lie? Yeah. It really is a balance. We want to be um, as transparent and accountable as possible uh, with our community, with our officers, with our residents, um, but we also want to make sure that the integrity of the investigation is solid because... Mm-hmm. You know, this eventually, you know, depending on the investigation, it will end up in court, right? So these are things that we need to consider when we're putting our media briefs together, when we're putting information out to the public. Um, it's this balancing act, mm. and it really does become difficult at times, you know, because our detectives may know something, right, or they might believe something, mm-hmm. um, but that not not. not isn't necessarily for public consumption. Uh, so we do our best kind of in our office um, figuring out what the information is that we know and then getting it out to our community uh, in a timely manner. And like Lieutenant said, uh, getting it out to our community has shifted over the years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, was, when I was in media, when I worked as a reporter here in, in this market, um, a lot of that information came from you know, the public information office and the media was that end goal. Here now, um, like Lieutenant kind of suggested, our community is our audience, right? So you see a shift because 
yes, you're going to see the media, you're going to see local journalists picking up on these stories, but uh, we really try to put a lot of it on social media so that our residents um, can gather this information and make their own opinions. Mm -hmm. Who determines what is the responsibility of the PIO in terms of dispersing information and what what is the information that, uh, you know, the chief or assistant chief or... Uh, deputy chief of investigations at, at some point in time. I mean, where where's the dividing line between the PIO dispersing information and information coming from the chief? Those are conversations that we have. Ultimately, the chief, uh, Chief Taylor, makes can ultimately make that decision of what he wants to release himself or what he wants us to do. Um, we've had a lot of training working with other agencies across the country and identifying the best best skills that they do, mm-hmm. uh, challenges they, that they face with different incidents. And sometimes people need to hear from the chief, right? There are some times that the chief of police needs to be the person who is speaking on behalf of, mm-hmm. of the agency. Uh, at, at the same time, there's a lot of times that he's busy and doing other tasks, and that's where we can step in and handle a lot of those responsibilities. Is it is it One fair? Okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Lieutenant. You also mentioned about, like, investigators. And one of the things we've done is we've had training slash conversations with detectives where we present incidents that have happened in other cities across the country and say, okay, this happened. What information would you really want released and what would you not want released and why? And then we kind of challenge them and say, okay, is that really going to hurt your investigation if we give out additional information or is that just the culture of, you know, historically investigators just say, I don't want to say anything. Um, and in today's culture, that's not okay. At the same time, our office has to be responsible in understanding that the end goal is justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if justice isn't served because we were so eager to release information, then that that doesn't serve the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, does, does the public information officer always have to be a a sworn officer within IMPD because I, I've i been around long enough to remember a point in time when that wasn't always the case. Is that the policy now that the PIO has to be a sworn officer or or not? No, and that's, that's actually a really good question, Tina. So uh, I am technically a civilian. Um, I've been with the agency now about two and a half years. And like I said, I mean, I come from a media background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not a sworn officer. In the PIO's office, we do have um, two officers, a lieutenant, and then uh, me, again, who comes in with that media background. But uh, the last two years have really been me learning what this department's about, mm-hmm. um, how investigations work. You know, I thought I had an idea. I thought I had a pretty good understanding working uh, in the media here and working in local journalism for 10 years, but it really took me a long time to uh, be comfortable speaking on behalf of the department. Um, And so, yeah, it's not just sworn, it's um, me as well. So what about the officers that we see, um, you know, we see various officers, I guess, on various shifts uh, that are acting PIOs, I guess, if you will. So tell me the role of them. Are they with your office as well? So I'm thinking that you might be talking either about night watch um, or potentially we have officers in here for a detail. Um, And what a detail is is basically they're here for a few weeks just to kind of dip their toes in, get an idea of what our office is like. And so part of that detail is 
uh, doing on-camera interviews. So we have two officers, actually we have one officer, one sergeant, uh, with us doing a detail for the next few weeks. And uh, so they're doing various on-camera work. And we also have uh, Night Watch. Mm-hmm. Um, who, yeah, there, um, there are some officers that just step up to the mic and talk. Are, 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 you see, I, I, I can't remember. I'm, I'm thinking of two of them. One is a, a female and the other uh, is, a, is a male. Um, the, I mean, the, the other thing is that every, um, you know, the, the, this one, if every officer can't be at every, one officer or whatever can't be at every scene or every situation where there's a need for someone to speak on behalf of the department, on behalf of the investigation. Right. So we have, we do have, um, as I mentioned, we have um, several people in the PIO's office. Mm-hmm. We always have somebody on call. Okay. Um, okay. And so if the need arises, if it's, you know, not within business hours and something's happening at 2 a.m. that our PIO's need to go out to, um, we'll be there. You know, we start texting at 2, 3 in the morning. I mean, my view of this is I don't care what time of night it is. You know, if something is happening with the department, happening with our officers, we need to be there because communication is so important from the get-go, right? You need to make sure, and Lieutenant talked about this, what our process is, but we need to make sure that we follow our process from the beginning. Um, And we also know, you know, I was a morning reporter, so 2, 3 a.m., we have local media out there, right? We have newscasts going on. We have people that are up, community members that are wanting to know what's going on. Um, so no matter what time it is, no matter what day of the week, doesn't really matter if it's a holiday, uh, somebody with our office is always, always on call because we understand the importance of our community understanding um, what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um so the I would say the, the would you say that the majority of the the, the officers and public information are sworn officers though right there are I mean you Alexa are indeed a civilian but the majority correct. are sworn officers is that correct 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 and like I said I mean I come from you mm-hmm. know backgrounds with media so it's really interesting to have to hear the conversations uh, in our office because you know it's saying well you know it's me saying well why can't we release this or maybe we could you know release some of this information right and it's these conversations with different detectives um, with different investigators and it's it's again it's just a back and forth um, and everybody at the end of the day you know wants justice for the victim and everybody wants our community to be informed mm-hmm. um so it's just figuring out what that middle ground looks like so how do you as as public information office media relations public relations how do you address uh community concerns about transparency community questions about what the community may say is a lack of transparency uh, uh community concern about um you know police officers uh in that are involved in the criminal justice system i guess not criminal justice, but maybe police officers like uh, the one who uh, shot the the motorist in the back whose case was referred to the prosecutor's office. How do you how do you address that uh, on behalf of the department for the community? Because the community has so many questions. People have a lot of questions about how that works, the process and things of that nature. Yeah, and I think we've we've tried to do and there's always more we want to do. I don't think we could ever do enough. Um, but in the past couple of years, you've seen, particularly from our agency, that um, mm-hmm. it's unique from some others in Indiana, 
uh, we're, we're doing things like releasing the critical intent videos. And within hours, we are getting a brief that's put out on Facebook Live about what we know of an incident. Um, and when something happens like uh, the incident with Sergeant Huxley, that the chief is saying, this is this happened, this is wrong, and we're showing the video. And uh, Huxley, the one on the circle, monument circle. Right. You know, yeah. we've been criticized. People say, well, IMPD only only shows stuff when, when we do it right. That's not true. Uh, now, certainly we want to show our officers doing a lot of good work, and we do. You know, we've uh, created some videos that we put out on social media mm. to show to help humanize our officers, to talk about the work they did before they became police officers, talk about the work they do as police officers, show the body cameras of the good work that they do. And we want to put as much of that out there as possible because we have an obligation to, to tell our own narrative. Yeah. At the same time, if we fall into error and our officers are doing wrong, mm -hmm. just like the situation with Sergeant Huxley, we also feel it's our responsibility to put that out to the public to say, this happened, this is what we're doing about mm -hmm. it. And this is what we're going to do moving forward to try to improve ourselves as an agency. How has the implementation of body-worn cameras, now speaking of the video, and I guess the soon-to-be, if the City County Council approves the mayor's proposed budget, uh, the soon-to-be addition of uh, dash cams, how has that impacted what you do, or, or has it? It's been incredible for our office. Um, there's no better way to be both transparent and accountable than utilizing these tools. And we've seen some incidents where dash cameras that we did have have really shown the incident in ways the body camera can't. Um, I, th I think there's a false narrative that the body cameras are going to show everything that happens, and that's just not possible, um, You know, whether it be darkness or as officers are ducking behind uh, a car or behind a tree or they've got their hands in front of them. There's things that are going to be obstructed or angles that don't show everything. So body cameras have been great. They've been able to help us tell a lot of what we do. Dash cameras will take that to another level. They'll, tend, yeah. they'll help show the big picture of scenes, but we have to be on a caution that they aren't going to show everything as well. They're going to show a very specific angle. They're going to show a specific perspective and that's what's directly in front of the officer they don't it doesn't show everything that the officer can see hear, or experience when they are installed uh, in the squad cars um will both you know body worn and dash cam i mean it, it, you know in terms of determining the information that's released or determining um you know large portions of the investigation is are both pieces of video always going to be considered now yeah, and we have uh, in the situations that we've said, I can say that it will happen because it's already happened. We've already used body camera footage mm -hmm. and released that to, to help tell the stories of, of different incidents during critical incident videos. Mm -hmm. Here's a question, and, and this is a little bit off, off the, the topic here, but a question that comes up very often, uh, and that is, do, do either of you have any idea why IMPD officers are solo and and this i i think it kind of gets to um the 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 body cam uh the body worn cameras and the dash dash cameras why are officers not paired up in teams like you know drive your partner or you know officers are just all 
individuals, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're teamed up when they're in training, uh, field training, off. But for the most part, it's just an individual officer. Why are there? Why is that business model or the model uh, for IMPD single officer, single car? Yeah, I can give you some different examples of why that's helpful. Uh, one is that when officers go and take reports that don't require two officers, now you're taking two officers out of service to take a report that would only require one. Uh, situations where, say, you have a perimeter uh, where officers are trying to locate somebody, if you have two officers in a car, you limit the number of vehicles that you can use during that, during that perimeter. Additionally, sometimes you might need three, but you don't need four officers. So if you get a third officer, well, if you have if you're doubled up now you get a fourth officer so really it comes down to efficiencies um and if you have say a high-risk stop and you have two police cars uh it looks visibly like there's 10 police cars so the actual uh, impact of having mm-hmm. two police cars is magnified so, so based on your knowledge I mean, I know this. What What are the majority of uh, police departments? What What model do they use? The majority of the police departments. Oh, there's only a few that have the double up in cars. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, only a few. Uh, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, um, and it, I think even in those cities, not all of their officers are are double up in cars. Mm. Well, and, and the question was that, you know, in the event that there's a situation and, you know, if there were two people there instead of one, um, you know, maybe two two heads could be better than one. Uh, I mean, you know, there's always that argument. And that was the argument that was presented or, or the question that was presented a couple of times about that. I've often wondered about that, but you're just saying it's it's for policing efficiency that there is one, one, one officer, one car. And, Tina, let me jump in there real fast. And correct me if I'm wrong, but typically we have officers that are paired up, right? So if somebody's going to a scene and if they need backup or anything like that, somebody else will be there within moments. So that kind of goes to what you were saying, Tina. So they're paired up. They just don't ride together. Well, it depends on the type of run. So to, to be clear, it's not that two officers are paired up for the shift, but uh, if officers respond to a disturbance, two officers respond to that disturbance. Now, they may get there and let's say the one officer, the suspect is gone and now one officer is making mm-hmm. report. That officer is now free to go and assist another officer at a different location. Whereas if they were paired up and they were in the same car, that second officer would just be there waiting, uh, twiddling mm-hmm. his, his or her thumbs yeah. when they could be going and assisting another officer on a different incident. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Well, before I I have to let you, you both go. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The 
McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So is there anything uh, out of the office that the, the public needs to know about right now or, you know, anything, any releases or anything yeah. of interest? There are some things I want to share with you. Uh, you know, we see a lot in the, in the news about you know, violent crime, and certainly there's too much of it in our city. That being said, I think it's important that our community understands that murders this year are down more than 16% from last year. Non-fatal shootings are down more than 7% from last year. Robberies are down more than almost 4% from last year. Um, so violent crime is, is, on, is on decrease from, from last year. That's, those are the facts. And the one thing I also want to point out is Auto theft is up 42%, and that's because Kias and Hondas continue to be targeted. Kias, this compared to last year, are up 623%. Wow. 623%. And the city, the city of Indianapolis is part of that, that class action lawsuit, though, right, against those two automakers? The city is, and IMPD continues to offer hearing wheel locks at our district. <clears throat> we encourage people to go out and get those to help. What are the, are there, is it all Kias and all Hyundais or certain models? Uh, 2011 to 2021, uh, but I'm sure if somebody wants one, uh, I'm sure we'll give them one if they have a Kia and a, and a Hyundai because people who are stealing them may not know, uh, know what model mm. years are susceptible to this. And one thing I definitely want to reiterate, we are hiring. You know this, you know this Tina. Uh, we're hiring. We want to hire from our community. We want to represent the, the community in which we serve. So if, there, if any of your listeners, any of your listeners' family or friends are interested, we encourage them to go to joinimpd.indy.gov. Um, we want to hear from them. We want to get them into our process. And we want some, some excellent police officers who represent our community in the near future. All righty. Well, thank you so, so very much. I appreciate you both coming in, Alexa, Lieutenant. Um, yeah, and, and we'll be talking with you again soon. We'll, uh, we'll talk again next month. Absolutely. All right. All Thank you both. And we're going to take a quick break. Uh, what, no, you know what? Um, oh, we're ready? Are we ready? Okay. I, it looks like the president has just stepped to the podium uh, to talk about the, uh, the unrest, uh, the war in the Middle East. Let's take a listen. Secretary of State and the vice president will go live to the White House. You know, there are moments in this life, I mean this literally, when You know, there are moments in this life, and I mean this literally, when the pure, unadulterated evil is unleashed on this world. The people of Israel lived through one such moment this weekend. The bloody hands of the terrorist organization Hamas, a group whose stated purpose for being is to kill Jews. This was an act of sheer evil. More than 1,000 civilians slaughtered, not just killed, slaughtered in Israel. Among them, at least 14 American citizens killed. Parents butchered, using their bodies to try to protect their children. Stomach-turning reports of being babies being killed. Entire families slain. Young people massacred while attending a musical festival to celebrate peace, to celebrate peace. Women raped, assaulted, paraded as trophies. Families hid their fear for hours and hours, desperately trying to keep their children quiet to avoid drawing attention. And thousands of wounded 
alive but carrying with them the bullet holes and the shrapnel wounds and the memory of what they endured. You all know these traumas never go away. There's still so many families desperately waiting to hear the fate of their loved ones, not knowing if they're alive or dead or hostages. Infants in their mother's arms, grandparents in wheelchairs, Holocaust survivors abducted and held hostage. Hostages whom Hamas has now threatened to execute in violation of every code of human morality. It's abhorrent. The brutality of Hamas, these bloodthirstiness brings to mind the worst, the worst rampages of ISIS. This is terrorism. But sadly, for the Jewish people, it's not new. This attack has brought to the surface painful memories and the scars left by a millennia of anti-Semitism and genocide of the Jewish people. So in this moment, we must be crystal clear. We stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. And we will make sure Israel has what it needs to take care of its citizens, defend itself, and respond to this attack. There's no justification for terrorism. There's no excuse. Hamas does not stand for the Palestinian people's right to dignity and self-determination. Its stated purpose is the annihilation of the state of Israel and the murder of Jewish people. They use Palestinian civilians as human shields. Hamas offers nothing but terror and bloodshed with no regard to who pays the price. The loss of innocent life is heartbreaking. Like every nation in the world, Israel has the right to respond, indeed has a duty to respond to these vicious attacks. I just got off the phone with a third call with Prime Minister Netanyahu. And I told him, the United States experience with Israel is experiencing our response to be swift, decisive, and overwhelming. We also discussed how democracies like Israel and the United States are stronger and more secure when we act according to the rule of law. Terrorists pur purposely target civilians, kill them. We uphold the laws of war, the law of war. It matters. There's a difference. Today, Americans across the country are praying for all those families that have been ripped apart. A lot of us know how it feels. It leaves a black hole in your chest when you lose family. Feeling like you're being sucked in. The anger, the pain, the sense of hopelessness. This is what they mean by a human tragedy. An atrocity on an appalling scale. But we're going to continue to stand united supporting the people of Israel who are suffering unspeakable losses and opposing the hatred and violence of terrorism. My team has been in near constant communication with our Israeli partners and partners all across the region and the world from the moment this crisis began. We're surging additional military assistance, including ammunition and interceptors to replenish Iron Dome 
We're going to make sure that Israel does not run out of these critical assets to defend its cities and its citizens. My administration has consulted closely with Congress throughout this crisis. And when Congress returns, we're going to ask them to take urgent action to fund the national security requirements of our critical partners. This is not about party or politics. This is about the security of our world, the security of the United States of America. We now know that American citizens are among those being held by Hamas. I've directed my team to share intelligence and deploy additional experts from across the United States government to consult with and advise Israeli counterparts on hostage recovery, recovery efforts. Because as president, I have no higher priority than the safety of Americans being held hostage around the world. The United States has also enhanced our military force posture in the region to strengthen our deterrence. The Department of Defense has moved the USS Gerald R. Ford Carrier Strike Group to the Eastern Mediterranean and bolstered our fighter aircraft presence. And we stand ready to move in additional assets as needed. Let me say again to any country, any organization, anyone thinking of taking advantage of this situation, I have one word, don't, don't. Our hearts may be broken, but our resolve is clear. Yesterday, I also spoke with the leaders of France, Germany, Italy, and UK to discuss the latest developments with our European allies and coordinate our united response. This comes on top of days of steady engagement with partners across the region. We're also taking steps at home. In cities across the United States of America, police departments have stepped up, security around centers for, of Jewish life. And the Department of Homeland Security and the Federal Bureau of Investigation are working closely with state and local law enforcement and Jewish community partners to identify and disrupt any domestic threat that could emerge in connection with these horrific attacks. This is a moment for the United States to come together, to grieve with those who are mourning. Let's be real clear. There is no place for hate in America, not against Jews, not against Muslims, not against anybody. We reject, we reject, what we reject is terrorism. We condemn the indiscriminate evil, just as we've always done. That's what America stands for. You know, just over 50 years ago, I was thinking about it this morning, talking to the Secretary of State, the Vice President in my office. Over 50 years ago, as a young senator, I visited Israel for the first time as a newly elected senator. And I had a long, long trip meeting with Golda Meir in her office just before the Yom Kippur War. And I guess she could see the consternation on my face as she described what was being faced. They were facing. We walked outside in that, uh, that sort of hallway outside her office to have some photos. She looked at me all of a sudden and said, would you like to have a photograph? And so I got up and followed her out. We were standing there silent, looking at the press. She could tell, I guess, I was concerned. 
She leaned over and whispered to me. She said, don't worry, Senator Biden. We have a secret weapon here in Israel. My word is what she said. We have no place else to go. We have no place else to go. For 75 years, Israel has stood as the only guarantor of the security of Jewish people around the world so that the atrocities of the past could never happen again. And let there be no doubt, the United States has Israel's back. We will make sure the Jewish and democratic state of Israel can defend itself today, tomorrow, as we always have. It's as simple as that. These atrocities have been sickening. We're with Israel. Let's make no mistake. Thank you. Mr. President, what was your reaction? And there you had it. That uh, was President Joe Biden uh, addressing the nation and uh, made some really pointed points, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Um, he came out uh, very clear and very direct. Uh, the U.S. stands with Israel. Um, the United States is going to assist with uh, hostage recovery efforts. Uh, the Department of Defense is going to bolster their fighter uh, aircraft presence. Uh, and um, the United States will act as needed. Uh, he issued a stern warning uh, to the terrorists. And, you know, if you're thinking about anything coming against us, don't. Uh, he said it again. Don't. Uh, he said it on more than one occasion. Um, uh, after that, uh, he said our hearts may be heavy, uh, may be broken. Our hearts may be broken, but our resolve is clear. So basically, uh, don't get it. Don't don't make any mistakes about it. Uh, the United States is solidly there. Um, and is there to help uh, Israel. The president also said that uh, this is a moment for the United States, for us to come together, uh, that there is no place for hatred in America. Uh, there is no place uh, for uh, terrorism. He says we reject terrorism and condemn indiscriminate evil. Um, and again, just as he was uh, signing off, let there be no doubt, reinforced the point that the United States, the U.S., has Israel's back. Uh, we are with Israel. Um, he said what has uh, taken place has been sickening and abhorrent and, and a whole lot of other uh, adjectives that he used. But again, uh, the, the, the big takeaway from President Joe Biden uh, in his uh, address just now to the nation is that the United States is standing firmly with this Israel and will assist uh, in whatever way possible, uh, including hostage recovery efforts and um, fighter aircraft presence uh, basically will act as needed uh, and uh, basically told uh, the terrorist, Hamas, don't get it wrong. Um, the U.S.'s hearts may be broken, but our resolve is clear. Um, that uh, was the message from the president. We'll see uh, how that we were wondering what the U.S. involvement uh, in this would be. And I think President Biden has made it quite clear 
um, of what the U.S. involvement is going to be. Uh, condemned uh, the evil and uh, support of Israel, strong support of Israel was, uh, was the takeaway. Uh, we're going to take a, uh, a quick commercial break and be back with more uh, Community Connection right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And welcome back to Community Connection. Uh, Tina Cosby here. Again, you just heard uh, live from uh, President Biden, uh, who uh, basically weighed in and let uh, the United States uh, of America know uh, that the United States is standing with Israel uh, in every way possible and a strong condemnation of the terrorism uh, inflicted upon uh, that nation uh, by uh, Hamas. Um 317-239-1310. Uh, Jeff, go ahead. How are you? Hey, Tina. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. You doing okay? I'm doing terrific. Uh, and you said it earlier, Tina, with the situation in uh, Israel and, and with Palestine. It's a hot mess over there. Yeah. And, and really, there's no black and white over there. It's just a lot of gray. Mm. No black hats and there's no white hats. You know, this thing is complicated. It's very complicated. If and it were it simple, it would have been it would have been resolved years ago, not centuries. It could have been resolved centuries. if people just would have sat at the table because, you know, you know, I'm gonna upset a lot of Christians out here, you know. Israel ain't always right. Okay? I mean I'm I'm sorry. There's some things in my country that I don't agree with. Okay? I mean as far as the Palestinians, well, you know, and I, I do want to, real quickly, I want to take issue with something what David said earlier, you know, about uh, Hagar and Ishmael and uh, and Isaac. Mm-hmm. Ish, you know, Hagar's son was Ishmael, not the prophet Muhammad, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, Ishmael was the father of the, the Arabs, and Isaac was that of the Jews. So basically... Did he... Is groups, that what he said? I thought that's what he said. That you know. Maybe, okay, I'll double to, check with him. I'll double check. With him. Yeah, but it, it, actually, Hagar's son was Ishmael. But anyway, uh, you know, with the Palestinians, okay, uh, nobody condones terrorism, okay. But you got to think about it. Uh, Israel hands in all that claim. You know, you know, going into Palestinian territories, basically, the, the Palestinians are homeless, and some of the you know things that are going on over there. People don't want to let you kick them around for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, people, you know, I don't care who you are. Israel's not going anywhere, but yet Israel needs to respect their Palestinian Navy. Quit going in their territories, tearing down neighborhoods, and building condominiums so Israeli citizens can live there. Now, Mr. Netanyahu, well, Netanyahu, well, he's a different, you know, uh, it, he was going to he was going to pass a bill that was going to outlaw, uh, listen to this, Christian, he was going to outlaw Christianity and Islam, but he got a lot of pushback about that, and he reversed because he wanted Israel to be a solid Jewish state. Now, as a veteran, I've been in that part of the world. I saw combat over there, and this is just my stuff, Tina. One of the worst things that happened to mankind was organized religion because everybody thinks they're right. You know, everybody thinks God is on their side. You know, mm. so uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, everybody loves God, but sure, they sure don't love their fellow man. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just want to say that uh, this thing is complicated. There, there's, there, there really is no villains, and there is no heroes. Yeah, you know, uh, 
this is something that's going to have to be, you know, level-headed human beings going to have to sit down at the table mm-hmm. figure this out. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, one man's terrorist is another man's, you know, freedom mm-hmm. fighter. So, you uh, know, by, by the way, Jeff, uh, it looks like Muhammad is the son of Ishmael. So maybe David misspoke. Uh, yeah. Muhammad probably. is be- widely believed to be the son of, of Ishmael. I mean, yeah. I, I, that probably is so, but it sounds like David said it. He know, may have. He may have. And I, I just didn't. I didn't catch it, but yeah, yeah but you're right. You're but, right. But, but anyway, the reality is both these groups and you know, the get on on on, uh, on social media. Uh, Arabs got a problem with black folks. You know, Arabs really never been friends to blacks. You know, they claim that the Egyptians weren't black. They claim that the Egyptians were Arabs, which is not mm-hmm. true. The Arabs didn't arrive into Egypt until 638 A.D. So, so Jeff, where where do you where do you think this is gonna? I mean, where I it, think it's going to yes, where do you think it's gonna go? I mean, this this is pretty bad. This this is, this is, is pretty a vicious bad. Cycle. This is a vicious cycle. Vicious cycle, yeah. You know, uh, Israel's basically let's be honest, it serves as a military arm for both Western interests, the United States and Europe. Okay, basically they have a military presence in Israel. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the Middle East. And there really is no such place as the Middle East. Oh, that's really Africa. That's just a European, you know, idea about, you know, world mm-hmm. geography. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, it's all Africa. So, you know, uh, you know, like I said, I, I don't, this, this, this is not going to be the end. You know, this thing been going on since 1948. Uh, some, some, something, something's going to get obliterated. You know, I, I, don't I, I don't know, because you got two... You know, you got two sides who just think they're, you know, one is fighting because they've been displaced, they've been ran out of their homes. The other one think that because of religious view that this was their land, and there's just not a happy medium. And, you know, there's no really no honest brokers in this deal because everybody's looking out for their interests. Their- well, I, I will tell you that the current uh, leader of Israel is not making it easier, uh, Netanyahu. Oh, no, he's a, he's a because he's, he's a, a far-right far Trumper. Uh, worse. He's a Trumper, yeah, he's yeah. a Trumper. He wanted to be a dictator. That's right, Baptist. That's right, Catholic. He was going to outlaw Christianity. Yeah. Oh, you know, well, we got to support Israel. That's where Jesus comes from, you know, and all that old good stuff. Well, you know, you know, Mr. Netanyahu, you know, well, Jesus is not really a part of the uh, the Jewish faith. You know, they view him mm-hmm. as a historical figure, mm-hmm. and Christians see him as something else. And so you got three major religions who basically originated that part of the world, and they don't like each other. So, um, you know, like I said, you know, Religion is, uh, well, you know, I try to be more spiritual. I try to, and, and it's complicated because it's believed. I, I don't know that, well, in terms of the U.S. involvement, I know he was talking about assist in hostage recovery, uh, and it's widely believed that there are U.S. hostages being held sure. as well. Yeah, a lot of, uh, and so that, of, that, 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 you know, that, that complicates things as, as well. There's just so much that's just, it's just, yeah. it's and, ugly. Yeah, but, but, you know, people automatically think because it's Israel, they're right, and everybody else is wrong because of <laughs> biblical character. That's where Moses was from. It's, well, you know, Netanyahu don't see it. Netanyahu really ain't no mm-hmm. friend of black folks. You know, you treat the Ethiopian Jews who are look like me and you, Tina. You know, yeah, you, Netanyahu's not a friend to anybody but Netanyahu. No, no Netanyahu don't like mm-hmm. nobody. Yeah, Netanyahu, Netanyahu only cares about his bank account, but, you know, uh, don't, take, don't take Jeff's word for it. Do your own research. Yeah. 
I mean, the only reason he didn't just build in past about outlawing Christianity and Islam is because he got a lot of pushback from outside forces who were like, hey, look, dude, you know, you might be taking it a little bit too far, but he's... But, I think he would, trumper. I guess. So. Hmm. He's a trumper. He's a trumper. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so uh, uh, I've been to Israel, beautiful beaches, but they have no oil, so they really, they just, you know, serve as a, you know, staging point for U.S. interests. And, you know, uh, like I said, it's complicated. Like I said, there's a lot of gray with this area. So, indeed. uh, You know, just don't. You know, yeah. do your own research. Don't take just word for it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of history and a lot of research that that we all need to do. And um, uh, this one's not this one is there. Boy, there are no easy answers to this one, especially with U.S. involvement. Uh, the possibility, I guess, has it been confirmed? I, I guess U.S. hostages. And we know that there have been U.S. deaths, uh, deaths of U.S. citizens. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, you know, the 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 plot thickens uh, with each and every day. The ugly plot, the ugliness thickens with each and every hour passing. So, Mr. Russell, well, you'll be the last word. Go ahead. How are you? Hey, Tina. How's it going? It's going well. How about yourself? Trying to make it. Trying to make it. Good conversation. Jeff brought out some good points. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I would kind of co-sign when he said everybody needs to do their own research. Absolutely. Because uh, if they do their own research, you know, Still, you're not, not going to have all the answers, but at least you'll know more than you did, than you did before. But when it comes to the, the Israel, I think that um, you can get a pretty good uh, outlook in terms if you just read um, the uh, scriptures, because it kind of outlines a lot, a lot of what seems to be happening today concerning Israel, you know, because it says, uh, from what I've seen anyway, I heard, uh, says that Israel uh, is gonna. It's gonna come to a point where the inhabitants of Israel are gonna have to flee Israel because of the. the uh, everybody's heard about. Arm, well, a lot of people heard about Armageddon. Armageddon, that. yeah. But it seems to be coming true if you look at it. You know, uh, from mm. an open mind, and so. Yeah, I would also encourage people to definitely do their own, own research because, um, you know, but everybody kind of, uh, I think a lot of people agree when it comes to Abraham and, um, you know, uh, and even Egypt is, plays a big part. We don't hear a lot about in, in the uh, current events because, uh, uh, you know, uh, well, not going into a whole lot of it, but, you know, Abraham uh was the father of both Ishmael and uh, Isaac. I, yeah, the two, yes, those were the two. Isaac Ish, was Ishmael both. was the oldest, Isaac was the uh, half-brother, right? Isaac was his half-brother. Yeah, because uh, uh, basically uh, they were both his offspring. Yeah, both his offspring. And, and right. even more after that, you know, but uh, uh, the big fight is between uh, those two factions, it seems to be, because uh, a lot of the Israelis say, well, you know, uh, uh, Israel and Isaac were blessed, but mm-hmm. actually Abraham was blessed. <laughs> you know, so so all of his offspring are blessed. Blessing of Abraham. Yeah. Blessings so you Abraham. really have to look at the whole picture, and that's where the mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, conflict comes in because everybody, as Jeff said, you know, wants to say that they're right. And uh, but yeah. if you look at the big picture, uh, like with uh, 
Thessalonians and and Isaiah and all those prophets mm. kind of points to what's happening now. So it, it's going to be quite interesting. But I think people that really watch and look are going to have a step up, so to speak. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mr. Russell. As Dr. Brown uh, often says, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. It's hard to believe or hard to imagine things could get much worse. But, boy, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. But, but, but the good thing is, in the end, it gets better. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Very good point, Mr. Russell. You have a good one. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate you. And again, a reminder, if you are not registered to vote, you have until the end of the business day today to do it in person until 11.59 tonight to do it online. Uh, go to vote.in.gov, vote.in.vote.indy.gov. I'm sorry, vote.indy.gov. Um, yeah. Uh, or indianavoters.in.gov, vote.indy.gov or indianavoters.in.gov. That is all the time we have for now. Uh, we will be back this time tomorrow. Until then, everybody be safe, be well, and um, have a good evening. For Tina Cosby, I'm Tina Cosby. <laughs>